This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Thursday afternoon. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We really appreciate it. I can't believe it's been already a year that Bill C-14 was passed. What was Bill C-14? Well, of course, it was the Dying with Dignity the whole controversy over the right to die with dignity. And this weekend, there's a very special event that is going to recognize that anniversary, but also provide a lot of great information for families, for those going through such a difficult time or making that type of a decision. June Churchill is an active member of the local Dying with Dignity chapter. She's been that way for over five years. She joins us today. Hello, June. Hello. Is it hard for you to believe that it's been a year as well? It is. It seems a much longer time. And I wonder if it seems longer because we talked about it so much before the bill actually was passed. Remind my listeners, for people who have maybe it's fallen off their radar, what Bill C-14 is all about. Okay, Bill C-14 was the federal government's um, legislation that made that struck down the criminal code uh, provision that uh, no one could assist anyone in death. So it made that uh, medical assistance in dying provided by a physician or a nurse practitioner could be legal in Canada for people that met certain stringent criteria and were at the end of their life. The stringent criteria, June, what was that? What, who can qualify to have medically assisted death? Well, the person has to be over 18 years of age and competent. That means that they can mentally make medical decisions for themselves. They need to have a grievous and irremediable medical condition. That means it's serious, it's long-term, it's a disability. And uh, it needs to be enduring physical or psychological suffering caused by that medical condition that's intolerable to the person. And that's the interesting thing. It's not up to the physicians to to decide what suffering is intolerable. It's up to the person themselves. And then it has to be a voluntary request and that they have to be eligible for public health care funding in Canada. But the two additional clauses that Bill C-14 put in place, which weren't in the Supreme Court decision that was made in um, February 215, the two difficult things, and it's providing controversy right now, is that the person has to be in an advanced state of irreversible decline and that their natural death is reasonably foreseeable. And that's kind of a vague term that doctors are looking at. Yeah, and that's what I was wanting. I'm glad you touched on that because I I said Bill C-14 was not without its controversy for a number of reasons. But in particular, those two clauses and that whole idea that the natural death is soon to happen, is that how we interpret that? Well, that's the whole thing. Um, A lot of people at the beginning were seeing it as six months, because that's what palliative care and hospice care is. If you're expected that you're dying within six months, then you often move into palliative care, although you could have it much sooner. But reasonably foreseeable with some of these illnesses, I mean, all of the illnesses are sort of on a downward 
trajectory. Mm-hmm. People aren't expecting to recover or that there's another medical intervention that can make their life uh, qualitatively better. And so I was just at a conference in Victoria on in early June, and they were saying that, you know, with some of these illnesses, especially with people sort of in their 80s and 90s, you can project there's medical forms that say, you know, people might live four or five years. Now, is that reasonably foreseeable for that illness? Mm. So right now, it's probably being looked at as from six months to a year that the person would be expected to die. How did you get involved in the organization? Well, um, I'm a retired social worker now, so I'm uh, 72. But ever since my days in university in the 1960s, I had heard about um, cases where people were put on life-extending, like ventilators, kept in comas for years. And I thought, there must be a better way. And then when Sue Rodriguez uh, brought the case, her case, all the way to the Supreme Court, and that was back, you know, 20 years ago. It was uh, 1993. And even at that time, it was only denied by the Supreme Court with a vote of five to four. So even back there in the 1990s, there was agreement amongst, um, you know, legal people that it should be granted the right. And Dying with Dignity has been going for about 40 years. Um, The Calgary chapter has been going about eight. And um, there was a survey done in 2014, and 84% of Canadians uh, thought that this should be an option at end of life for people that are um, in the last stages of their life. And we always say, you know, this isn't for healthy people. This is for people who have had major illnesses and are at the end of their qualitative life. You've been thinking this way, you say, since you were a student in the 60s. What kind of reaction would you get in those 60s and 70s when you were even sharing your opinion that people should be able to determine when their life should end? Well, I think there was a real split. I mean, there were the people that were sort of interested in ethics and philosophy and sort of uh, uh, the aspects of suicide and people with depressions being very different than people who sort of rationally wanted to end their life because of illness. Um, But I found over the years, even now, people know I'm active in this, but a lot of people don't even want to discuss it because we seem to have this false belief that if we talk about death, it might kind of happen to (laughs) us sooner. There's a lot of suspicion about talking about our mortality. Well, and and I've spent many shows talking about death, and I think I, I I think we have to talk about it because I think our society we don't want to talk about it, and and then when we come to a point in our life where we don't want to be left on ventilators, our family doesn't know our true wishes because we've never talked about death. Right, and it puts an awful load on the both the the patient to begin trying to bring their family up to thinking like they are. And then if they're surrounded by medical people that don't think this should be a valid option for them, it really um, quietens their voice for what they really want for themselves. 
Dude, I want to take a break here because, as we say, it's been a year since uh, the bill was passed. But uh, I want to know what's been happening in Alberta, and I know you'll have a better sense of that. June Churchill, she is with Dine with Dignity, and this weekend there is going to be an event at Memorial Library on Saturday. I'll tell you more about that, but let's take a break. June Churchill, my guest, 403-974-8255. Always looking for your opinions and your uh, feelings on something like this, and I will share those throughout the hour. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. June Churchill is my guest, and she is with the uh, Calgary chapter of Dying with Dignity. This weekend, there is an event, a chance to mark the one-year anniversary of Bill C-14 that, well, made physician-assisted dying legal, taking it out of the criminal code. June, what's going to be happening on Saturday? And I know it's from 1.30 till 4 at Memorial Library. What can people expect? Well, we're going to have two speakers. One is Salima Walji Shiva, who is a social worker and a lawyer, and she's been instrumental at um, implementing, uh, helping residents who are at end of life uh, be able to access MAID. And then Jan Lackey, who is a woman in our city who accompanied her dad when he had made in the Vancouver uh, last August, in August 2016. So they're both speaking from their perspective, and there'll be times for questions and answers, and we're looking forward to a really good turnout. Once uh, the bill came into effect, did uh, doctors were on board with it? I, I'm trying to remember, do doctors, ha- can they opt out of it, or there's a list of doctors where you would go to be able to know what physician would assist you in dying? Well, there's a couple of things. Physicians are always allowed in all the provinces to opt out if they have a conscientious objection. It could be religiously based or just on their own personal philosophy. Mm -hmm. But they are required um, to make an educated referral for that patient so that they give the patient the information about who they can go to. Mm. Uh, And this is different all across Canada. So it'll be good for us to just focus sort of in on Alberta. Yeah. Alberta was is really a leader in all the provinces across Canada. We were ready to implement something through the Alberta Health Services right on June 18th. They had hired two what they call patient navigators. And so people can phone 811, which is the health link, and say that they're wanting to explore aspects of medical assistance in dying, whether they're a family member or a patient. And um, if their family doctor is willing to be part of the assessment process, they can be. Uh, If not, the navigator will help the patient find two doctors. Uh, The patient needs two separate assessments by doctors that aren't linked or therefore in the same practice. And then uh, once the patient's approved through those two processes, um, then uh, they have to wait usually 10 days, which is a time of discernment while so they can think about it, talk about it more with their families, although most of these people have been talking about it quite a while before. And then either one of the assessing doctors or a third doctor is the person who administers the final medication. And you can also have nurse practitioners do it. Yes, you can, yep. Uh, Someone emailed me saying, I'd be curious what your guest says about having dementia or Alzheimer's, something you don't want to finish your days with, Mm -hmm. but you don't have the mental capacity to request assisted dying. Right. 
that's one of the very big issues that I think especially the baby boomers are really interested because they've had to care for their patient parents with dementia and are very conscious that it may happen to them. Right now, um, medical assistance in dying is not available to anyone who loses mental capacity. Mm. Um, and that's right up. They have to still be able to give their consent right at the time of the final injection. Mm. Um, but what we're hoping, and the federal government did uh, set up a committee that's to study for the next two years three areas, and one of them is the whole idea of advanced consent, where you might be able to, in your personal directive right. and your advanced care plan, say that, you know, when you come to a certain point of medical uh, mental incompetence, you would, you want your doctor and your medical decision maker to know that you are in favor of having medical assistance in dying. And that's going to be a really hard thing to implement. But one of the things we say to people that is when people are getting their early diagnosis of dementia, which often means they're still able to make decisions about themselves, especially medically, and they can really understand the concept of dying, that um, they should get their assessments made through MAID because they may be eligible in that dementia is a debilitating chronic illness that isn't curable, but they're still capable of making the decision. Mm -hmm. And then the problem is, are you still going to be able to make that competent decision the final. B before the final death? So mm -hmm. it's very complicated, but at least the federal government has set up this committee, which is called the um, Council of Academic um, Societies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be looking at, but people really have to write to their doctors, to their MPs, to continue to be politically active, that this is a clause that we really want uh, included in any amendment that's coming up. And June, you said, and I want to make sure my listeners know what you said, you said made with made because you're using the acronym medical assistance in, in dying, dying, correct? Right. All right. So if someone heard made and weren't yeah. quite sure what you're saying. That happens if you Google it as well, because you'll get some cleaning agencies yeah. first. <laughs> but that's why you have to say Alberta Health Services made. Made. Yes. Do we have any numbers as far as how many Albertans have chosen to use medically assisted death yes. in their life? Yeah, um, as of June 1st, uh, there were 149 deaths by maid in Alberta, and there were 50 in Calgary. Now, with your chapter, do people turn to you to get advice? I, I'm, I'm just curious what the Dying with Dignity chapter is all about. Okay. Um, we don't give advice or sort of individual support to people. Mainly we've been an educational uh, group. So we've done talks to all different groups, to churches, to senior citizen organizations, to women's groups. So, and uh, we, we've got about uh, 400 m members, you might say, of Dying with Dignity. And so we put out newsletters to them if there's a reason to write to Parliament. It, we're sort of more of a socially active educational group. But the National Dying with Dignity Office in Toronto does um, give advice to people across Canada about what's available in their province. And they also have a counselor that people can consult with about their medical situation or how they would access 
made if it was legal for them. And he will also let people know about the service in Switzerland, because Switzerland's the only jurisdiction which will assess people and accept them for medical assistance in dying if they're not a citizen of their country. So that's kind of a, a unique opportunity for people as well, but it's expensive. And even going back to the whole Alzheimer's question, and someone rightly texted in saying that medical assistance in dying already excludes people with disabilities like autism, correct? Because that was... Um, not autism, not, no. No, okay. It's, okay, um, what they're probably thinking about is... Um, People whose primary diagnosis is a mental illness um, can't qualify for for medical assistance in dying. But if they have another medical condition that's terminal and have Mm -hmm. also had some uh, mental health issue that might compromise their decision-making, there's an ability for those people to have a psychiatric assessment and see that they, in fact, really understand and do qualify for medical assistance in dying. Well, uh, there's still lots of awareness to be raised out there. And June, thanks for just doing it for us this half hour. Oh, you're welcome. And again, it's this Saturday, 1.30 at the Memorial Library until 4 o'clock, a chance to hear more about the medical assistance in dying and hear from some people who have actually gone through the whole process. June, thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks, Angela. You bet. June Churchill. She is with Dying with Dignity, the Calgary chapter. Let's take a break here, 403-974-8255. If you have any thoughts on that, you can share them. But I also want to talk about credit cards because there was a story that came out today that it appears businesses, Canadian merchants, may soon start charging customers extra to pay with premium credit cards. I wonder how that is going to change your buying decisions. I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.